0: Hey viewers, this is Chad. If you're a subscriber, you're getting an extra episode in your feed this week, and I wanted to explain to you before we got into it exactly what it is. You've heard me talk about the Patreon, patreon.com slash redlegradio, where some of you, a lot of you, really appreciative, have been supporting the podcast every week. And one of the perks of joining up over at Patreon is that you get an extra podcast, at least one every month. We call it a Patreon exclusive. And it's one that doesn't come out into the regular feed, Our regular feed has the Friday episode every week, and that's going to keep going. It's always going to be free, and I'm guaranteeing you that. But we do have this extra episode occasionally, once a month at least. And I wanted to show all of our subscribers exactly what that is. So if you're interested in subscribing, supporting us over at patreon.com slash it's there. You can do it if you want. This is what you'll be getting. Now, this is the first one that we released, it was back in March before the season, and it's discussing what we call the Votto window, which is how much longer can we expect Joey Votto to be Joey Votto before that age-related decline kicks in, and that's a question that is still a good question, and you will you may laugh at some of the things we said a couple months ago, but this is the way we looked at it. I still uh, stand behind everything we said, and that was me and Jason Linden, but you'll get a chance to listen to it, and uh, you know this may be something you're interested in, this extra podcast every month. At least one every month. If so, you can support us over there. If not, we may occasionally drop these in the regular feed, but these are mostly just going to be exclusive to Patreon. You're still going to get our crack analysis every Friday, all the ridiculous shenanigans that me and Jason and Bill and Doug and whoever else we have on here all the time get into. So anyway, without further ado, there's your explanation for why there's an extra podcast in your feed this week. Love you guys. Appreciate your support. Hope to talk to you soon. Bye.
1: Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now, here's your host, Chad Dotson.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio, the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm Chad Dotson. With me tonight is your buddy and mine, Jason Linden. How are you today, Jason? I am very well. How are you today, Chad? I'm doing well. Let's uh, sort of intro this a little bit. This is a Patreon-exclusive episode of the podcast, our first Patreon-exclusive episode of Red Leg Nation Radio. Are you as excited as I am, Jason?
1: I'm very excited, and I think, I mean, really, it's an important choice to have me here for this one because nobody's paying to hear your voice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This has been the shortest podcast in the history of Red Leg Nation Radio. Jason has been fired. Um, so if you're listening to this, you, you already know that uh, what this means is that uh, you've become a patron of Red Leg Nation Radio at patreon.com slash redlegradio, and uh, been very generous uh, in supporting the podcast, and so you get this exclusive podcast, just, just for you all uh, at this point, and uh, I'm going to have a post at Patreon that will kind of explain uh, how this is going to work, but... The way it's supposed to work, and this is my first uh, stab at it, so uh, we'll get it figured out one way or the other. But the way it's supposed to work is that each of you that have a, that are at a Barry Larkin Club uh, patron or higher will get access to this post at Patreon. Now you can listen to the podcast on your uh, on the on the Patreon app if you want, or in your browser. But also, if it works correctly, as I said, there's supposed to be a an RSS feed attached to these podcast posts a specific unique rss feed just for the patrons okay and so what that means is you'll have your own individual rss feed if you don't know what rss feed is it's basically just a link that will have the podcast delivered you can you can put that into any whatever podcast app you use i use an app called i don't even remember what it's called actually oh overcast What's that
1: I don't remember what it's called.
0: as a weird name for an app. That's a strange name. Uh, I think it's Overcast or something like that. It's a pretty good uh, podcast app. But you can use, you know, people use the Apple Podcast apps, whatever podcast app you use, or, or uh, you know, whatever if you're on Android, whatever you use, any podcast app, you can just you'll be able to plug this link in, and then when you have that link, every time we post an exclusive, a Patreon exclusive uh, podcast it'll get fed right into your podcast app just like the regular Red Leg Nation radio is. So you're really going to have two Red Leg Nation radio feeds in your podcast app. One will be the the regular one that goes out to everybody that's always going to remain free uh, that we post every Friday morning and then you'll have this one uh, at least one a month uh, just for Patreon uh our patrons who have su- supported the uh the podcast. Does that make sense to you Jason because you're a, you're sort of a luddite when it comes to technology? That makes perfect sense to me, Chad. Finally. I've said something that finally. you can that you can yeah, understand I, I, on the podcast. Finally. And you even understood it the way I said it with this ridiculous accent. I it's
1: I'm as surprised as
0: anyone. <laughs> After all these this time and this I guess is technically episode whatever, two fifty seven, I think, but it's not gonna be listed as that because it's not uh it's not in in the official canon. Yes. That's, this
1: for, is, that's uh, for this is the non canon
0: podcast. Yes, that's for all you you know, Star Wars or Marvel Comics fans or whatever. Uh, this is this is not canon, so anything we say here we can't be held. Uh, responsible. So, if it's
1: not canon, does that make it like a trebuchet podcast or something like that? Oh my gosh!
0: I thought you were an English teacher. That's a little hey, bit, I, that's a little bit of civics or social studies or history. I can do a little bit of medieval-themed humor. <laughs> all right. Um, well, I appreciate that more, please. So, anyway, thank you to thank you to all the patrons who have uh, supported and are actually listening to this because if you're listening to this, that means you're one of my favorite people. And that's all there is to it. Now, in terms of topic, I do want you all to give us feedback on topics for these uh, extra podcasts because we're trying to uh, work this as we go. And and today, our idea—actually, well, was Jason's idea—for uh, a topic that we're going to sort of spend some time unpacking. And I think it's a really interesting question. And but if there are other specific things that you want to hear. And the podcast, that's fine. We're not going to be doing viewer mail in this episode unless that's something you all want. You know, It's just, just us talking to each other. It's just the patrons talking to each other. So we'll answer all your questions if you want on a specific uh, uh, Patreon-exclusive podcast. But also, you've sort of paid for to have your questions receive priority in the regular segments that we heard about uh, a lot more listeners. So that's why I'm going to save the viewer mail for those podcasts. But Jason, do you want to talk about your, uh, your idea, which was essentially the vado window?
1: Yeah, so basically it's it's just the idea of if the Reds are going to contend and, and they seem, you know, intent on doing it. Um, counting this season, the Reds have five years left of Joey Votto under contract. So that is the Votto window, if, if you look at that as as a, you know, and I think it's reasonable to look at it as a whenever Votto leaves, it's going to be a tra- a very big transitional moment for the team. Um I think the closest analogy is probably going to be when Barry Larkin left. Um, it, it's it's a moment. It will be it will be a different team. It will not be Joey Votto's team anymore, um, like it is now. So then the question is, what is the Votto window? Um, how competitive do the Reds figure to be, or can we look at them as possibly being over the next five years or so? And you know what does that mean in terms of players who are currently under control slash you know, we'll be under control, um, all that kind of stuff between now and
0: then. A lot to unpack there. You know, Joey Vado's a good baseball player. He is good at baseball. But there will be some people who will say in response to this, and, and probably not any of our uh, devoted listeners, but maybe that would say that that window has already begun closing after 2018. Uh, with really the worst year Votto's had. It's really not good to call it the worst year because that signifies that it was a bad year. And in no under no circumstances was it a bad year. But by wins above replacement, it was his worst full season for the Reds since his first full season. Um, and so what do you say to someone who says that window has already begun to shut?
1: Um, I will not hear anything on Joey until... Um
0: he does it two years in a row. <laughs> let me—I don't disagree with that at all. But let me just say, if you love Joey Votto, and if you can tolerate Jason Linden, uh, and there's a—that's a small Venn diagram there. But it really, yeah, <laughs> um, you need to follow Jason on Twitter at Jason Linden, because, especially during the season, a lot of getting up in the morning and having his coffee and just uh, talking about the marvelous, uh, some marvelous facts around. Joey Votto. So that's a, a something that we all look forward to. Really the only thing we look forward to from Jason Linden's Twitter feed. But anyway, until it's two, what's that? That sounds right. I, I don't know what else there is to look forward to uh, from me. You, yeah, you can argue that. Yeah. So so you're not willing to believe that at age 34, he, uh, you know, hits below 300 at 284, still led the league in on-base percentage, but his on-base percentage dropped, you know, 40, almost 40 points. Um Three and a half wins above replacement. You are not uh, willing to believe that's a real decline until we see it this year.
1: Yeah, I need I need a second year. Um, especially because Votto has basically said, like, I'm going to be better this year. And every other time he has said something along those lines, then better he has been. Um, that's kind of what he does. He decides how he's going to fix things, and then he fixes them.
0: Well, yes, but, and again, I'm playing devil's advocate here because uh, I a- absolutely agree with that, but in the past when he's gotten things uh, off kilter or uh, not started off well, he's fixed them in season. Last year he was, for some reason, unable to fix them in season. Does that not give you a little bit of concern that yeah. the aging process is catching up with him? Yeah, maybe a little,
1: and I mean, it will eventually. You know, no No one escapes time forever. Um, it's it's more just a matter of the kind of player that Votto is um you know his not only just his skill set but his mindset you know I think he's he's obviously widely regarded as one of the most thoughtful and, and smartest players in the game um,
0: i'm one yeah. I'm one of the most thoughtful and uh, smartest podcasters in the game
1: so well you're you certainly podcast um I'm one of the podcasters in the game <laughs> you are one of the podcasters in the game it's true so yeah that I mean,
0: I don't think that's an unreasonable way to look at it. I mean, I think you have to be uh, if you don't have a little bit of skepticism, even if it's just a tiny bit. And I think I do have a tiny bit uh, that says wants to say uh, sort of a a nagging little thing. says, oh, you know, that might be the beginning of his decline. And uh, I think you're just not being serious if you don't concede that that's a possibility. But I'm like you until I see two straight years. I'm going to be hard-pressed. And, and a lot of it is because we've seen Joey Votto improve before, and a lot of it is what you said. You know, if, I don't know if you got a chance to see uh, Eno Saris at The Athletic had a, in his interview with uh, Joey Votto, his latest interview with Joey Votto, uh, he published today, and it was full of Votto talking about why he thinks his numbers were down, what he's doing to correct that, what he feels like he needs to do to help uh, hold off the aging curve, and he yeah. refused to concede that he's lost anything, essentially, uh, in terms of age. He said there are some things that went on, uh, you know, last year, but he also said if you look at it, um, my exit velocity was high, as high or higher than it's ever been in the years that since yeah. they've uh, since they began to. And Statcast data does confirm his barrel rate and average fly ball distance fell, but. He was yeah. he was hitting the ball just as hard as ever. So more line drives, uh, and he thinks that he uh, he thinks he knows why that is the case. And, and
1: yeah. we kind of have to trust him, right?
0: He doesn't agree with this
1: assessment because he's he is who he is, and he's gonna you know um, kind of always seek to improve, which is great, and it's why we love him. But I mean, the the numbers last year really just said that he was fantastically unlucky. Um, he was one of, if I'm remembering correctly, the Unluckiest players in the game last year. Um, which, I mean, that happens to everybody sometimes, right? Um, and so, you know, the thing is that if unlucky Joey Votto is still what happened last year, that's that's pretty good. So, yeah, that that fact, plus what he said to Eno, plus what is. He also had an interview with Trent Rosecrans, uh, and my favorite. Votto quote of the spring uh, comes from that where he just, I think it was the Trent interview, he said, I want to be better in the aggregate. Uh, and it's <laughs> its just the most Joey Votto quote ever. It kind of is, but, yeah. Idea that he's like, ah, I'm just going to be better overall.
0: All right. <laughs> and you can sort of say, well, if Joey Votto says it, I'll believe it until he gives me some reason not to believe it because he's always so been so tuned into his own performance. Yeah. Uh, what he said to, uh, to, you know, Saris at the Athletic, was basically, um, you know, said, I looked at your well-hit balls last year, 90-plus miles per hour exit velocity. They had the same-ish average launch angle you had before. And Votto says it was more about direction, about direction. I hit very few pull homers. Um, and so last year with my swing, it was not a good year. He said, but basically he needs to be hitting those balls more to the middle of the field and pulling more is what his idea was. He was hitting too much to left field. He thinks that really sapped his power more. And so, I mean, I think he knows from looking at the numbers, I do get the sense that he knows what went wrong. Whether he can correct it is going to be a question of, you know, has the aging process caught up enough to where he can't catch up and can't correct it. And I'm not willing to believe after the year he had in 2017 that he, that he, you know, he's losing it that quick. I've always assumed it would be a gradual decline.
1: No, nor am I. And I, I have to, um Votto is also somewhat notorious for not telling the entire truth <laughs> right. when when asked about his, his process. And I will tell you my pet theory, because I spend, certainly as we're aware, a whole lot of time staring at Joey Votto's numbers, okay? In 2017, when it was widely understood, thanks to the second half of 2016, uh, but in 2017, um, when it was... Widely understood that that the ball was carrying more. Uh, Joey Votto hit a whole lot of home runs. He hit 36 home runs, one off of his career high. Okay? That's a lot. Also in 2017, his ground ball to fly ball ratio was the lowest it has been since 2009. Hit. Now, last year, everybody knew that... Uh, the ball had gotten changed back. And so, surprise, all of a sudden, his ground ball to fly ball numbers were kind of back more in line with his, his typical career numbers. And mostly, his ground ball percentages, for the record, stay, have stayed largely stable, but it's just been a change from fly balls versus line drives. In 2017, 38% of his balls in play were fly balls. In 2018, 31.1% were fly balls. In 2017, he had a 23% line drive rate, uh, which was his lowest since his MVP season. And in 2018, he had a 31.4% line drive rate. That, to me, frankly, just looks like he overcorrected. Um, I think he went was aware that the, the ball had changed again, and he was going to de-emphasize power a little bit, being aware of his particular skill set. But he just overcorrected and ended up with, you know, a lot of line drives and probably a little bit of bad luck, too. But that basically sapped his power, and there we are.
0: I think that's uh, certainly uh, completely reasonable. And, and and some of the things that you've heard from Votto this offseason will make you tend to believe that he uh, he understands that and he has a plan to uh, correct that. For example, he said that he's hit earlier this uh, winter than ever before. Yeah. You know, got in the cage. Yeah. And uh, he sort of focused in, after looking at those numbers, at fixing it. How excited does that make you? Very. I mean, mean, the fact that he's excited to improve and that he feels like this can be a a big season for him, I mean, that, I don't know, just, it's hard to know what's going on his head, but that sort of thing uh, tends to make me, if if nothing else, excited to see what's going to happen, whether it's going to be good or bad, I'm excited to see what he does.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but Votto feeling like he can improve, and that that, he, that and Votto being like, "Oh, I'm going to fix this." Like that, that, that determined, like, well, "I'm not going to do last year again." That's, I mean, that can't be anything but great. Well,
0: let's start get back to talking a little bit now uh, about the Votto window that you mentioned, right. and um, I think we both feel like Votto is a very good bet, and I think all the all the metrics, all the analysts believe that he's a good bet to rebound at least somewhat. I think all the projection systems show him. Uh, rebounding at least somewhat especially in the power department yeah but the question is going to be how long can he hold off that aging curve and you know he's been with the rest since 2007 and I, you know for a long time i was terrified that uh, really the only time during his quote unquote window that they were going to have any uh success was 2010 to 2013 as a 26 through 29 year old seasons yeah so uh and it's turned out he's remained a productive player he signed through 20. 20- Let's see, you signed through 2025, right? 2023. That's what I said, 2025. Are you sure? That's not what I'm... It's
1: 2023. There is an option year for 2024 um, if the club wants it. But night no, is not 2025.
0: You're right. You're right. You're right. Through 2024
1: with the option. So Don't question me on Joey Votto knowledge, Chad. Who do you
0: think you're talking to? Who do you think you're talking to? The world's foremost Joey Votto stalker. Well, a stat stalker, at least. There you go, exactly. You stalk his baseball reference and fangraph pages like no other. So, so yes, yeah, so he's
1: signed through 2023 or 2024 with an option, okay? Right. So just to kind of clarify how built the Reds are for this particular um, run, right, this particular this, this end of his contract, Uh, The way the club is currently constructed, and I'm not going to mention players who are marginal players or who are not under contract after this season, basically, okay? But Jose Peraza, Scott Schebler, and Sonny Gray are all under contract through the 2022 season. Jesse Winker, um, Tyler Molly, and Luis Castillo are under Reds' control until the end of the 2023 season. And Eugenio Suarez is under control until the 2024 season. Then there's also Nick Senzel, who, depending on how this year starts, would be under team control until either 2024 or 2025. That's a whole lot of key players who will be coming up towards the ends of their contract or their team control time um, as soon as Votto retires, essentially. Right. Right. And so that, you know, those guys, it, it looks like a team. And, you know, the guys I named are, are a lot of sort of the core components right now. It looks like a team that really where the Reds have built it to say, let's see what we can do with a core through about 2022 or 2023. And then we will start to
0: retool. It kind of makes me talk about the want to talk about the Nixon Zell opening day, you know, disaster that we've uh, seen coming for a while. Yes, because I want to win games now while Joey Votto's good. Nick Senzel helps win games now. Joey Votto's not going to be around in 2025. Maybe he might be. He might have signed his next uh, 10-year contract. Um. So, okay. So uh, let's look at the, let's look at the last say three years of his window. Well, what are the last three years of his window? First of all, is is it the last three years of his contract? 22, 23, 24. Or are the next three, or have we already seen one of the last years of his uh, window of him being a really um, a key player on a on a Reds team? Well,
1: I can tell you what I think, because nobody knows. But I can tell you what I think. I want to hear it. I think, barring some catastrophic injury. That Joey Votto will be a good hitter until he retires. Good meaning above average? 20% or more above average. Um, I really and truly think that he is effectively the modern Ted Williams in
0: terms of his approach. So, just in terms of being able to get on base, that's not going to diminish, and uh, he's going to at least yeah. be able, he'll, he, he won't be a drain on the offense. Right. So, Ted Williams, who we all know Joey Votto idolizes, hit right up
1: until he retired at 42.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and he, he with him, it was injuries. You know, it was getting to a point where, where he couldn't stay in the lineup often enough. Um, and I just, I don't see that changing. And there, there are guys who do that. There are guys who just play until they don't play anymore. I mean, and, and, and you know, Tony Gwynn hit until he retired. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's. I just think that Joey Votto is that kind of player. I don't think, I think the way his skill set sets up, um, I think what we know about his mental makeup, I just, if there's a way to continue to be productive, he's going to find it. And I have I have confidence in his ability to find that.
0: And we'll have a better idea about that after this season, I think. Because if he rebounds yeah. big time, then it, it's going to be a very graceful aging curve. If he declines, yeah. then we may have to rethink I can see
1: it from here on out being a little bit more of a zigzag, you know, where where he kind of is faced with different challenges and has to adapt. Um, But, yeah, I think that uh, until until he shows us otherwise, until there's an extended period of really underperformance, then I I think that Votto is your guy until he's not.
0: Yeah, I looked uh, earlier today at uh, at the list of guys who had a um, wins above replacement total you know, and, again, that's an imperfect measure, but uh, yeah. uh, an imper- a, a wins of replacement total at age 33, that was in the neighborhood of what Votto's was that year, which was, you know, uh, the year before last one, he was just <laughs> unbelievable. And pretty much everybody uh, around him and higher on that list were guys who were, I mean, we're talking about a lot of Hall of Famers, and we're yeah. talking about a lot of guys that did uh, tend to age pretty well. Because if you're performing at that level at age 33, pretty good chance that you know you're gonna you got some room to decline i guess is, is the way to put it yeah. so yeah. um and, and and it was names like ted williams but it was just uh, barry bonds i mean it was uh, uh and lesser players but uh, some a lot of names that people would recognize and so yeah, and- go ahead no i was gonna say it, i mean it also is worth noting in terms of of his current
1: performance that there were really only three first basemen last year who were better hitters than joey Votto. Like who had better seasons? Uh, Freeman, Goldschmidt, and, and and I guess Carpenter. Uh, the board I'm looking at is listed as a first baseman. Um, did he play first all last year?
0: Uh, you know I don't I don't remember.
1: Um, anyway, those three in the in the in the list that I'm looking at um, were no, he did not play first base all that. So really yeah. just two. Yeah. So really just two, uh, just Goldschmidt and Freeman, um, who were really legitimately better hitters than Botto last year and not and only goldschmidt was really significantly better um so yeah he's, it's not that he's still joey Botto still hits
0: yeah we um, gotta be careful to act like last year was such an awful year when he led the yeah. league in on base percentage and was still 25 percent better than league average and one of the best hit, maybe all-star team one of the best hitting first baseman in the game I mean, come on
1: yeah yeah pr- precisely i mean he's still he's still a fantastic player It just might be that he's, you know, we could we could well be entering the phase where he's instead of historically good every year, he's just really, really good every year. Right. You know, but but we're not we're nowhere near the point of him falling off the cliff or or anything of that nature. And again, I think short of major injury, I don't see that coming.
0: Okay, so uh, if we if we take that out to its conclusion, your premise is that he's going to be at least somewhat effective offensively until, you know, I guess through his age 39 season, um, we'll say through 2023. Yep. I, I don't think you're stepping out on <laughs> too much of a limb there, frankly. Um, I mean, injuries can change things, and like you said, nobody really knows yeah. uh, how the aging curve is going to work with any individual player because he's a human. I don't know if you noticed that, but he, he, he sometimes seems like he's not, but he is actually a human.
1: I don't like to admit it, but it's true.
0: Yeah, So, so let's say that he's got basically – uh 2019 2020 2021 22 and 23 that's and my, that's five years five seasons yes um what does this team look like in 2023 <laughs> let's go over the let's go over the list of people who're still here in
1: 2023 all right so sinzelist in, in who are still here in 2023 or in 2024
0: 20, well, 2024 is the option year, right? Okay, so 2023. Let's say 2023 is age 39 season. All right, so
1: assuming no extensions or anything like that, you've still got Votto, obviously. You've got Suarez. And
0: these are, these are people that we know are going to be here, barring a trade.
1: Right. So you got Winker. Um, you got Senzel. you got Molly and Castillo. And let's assume that Taylor Trammell has graduated by that point
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and, and has become a, a, a contributor.
0: Suarez be thirty one, I think that year, Uh, something like that. Yeah, Um, yeah, right. And uh, let's see, who else we got? Uh, Sinzel and Tramel and Winker still prime. Tramel even maybe pre prime a little bit. Nah, he'd be in his prime at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a pretty good from the offensive side. That's a pretty good core. Assuming assuming Trammell becomes the guy that we think he's going to be, and, and Sinzel as well, uh, although he's a little bit more of a safer bet to the, at this point. So Suarez, Sinzel, Vado, Tremel, Winker that's a that's a pretty good core, yeah, to have in place. So uh, you can envision that offense still being good, depending on what they do with the rest of the you know spots.
1: Right, and you know, and then boy, that also is just in in terms of Major League Baseball, that is just forever away. It is. Uh, it really is.
0: Yeah. Uh, but just if you're trying to squint and see right now, are they going to have the pieces in place? From the pitching side, Castillo is the only guy, really, right? Uh,
1: well, Molly,
0: I mean. Tyler, Molly, yeah. Yeah, Castillo
1: and Molly. And, I mean, then, you know, there's there's the crop of guys down there. And and who team. knows? Hunter Green? Hunter Green, if Hunter Hunter Green hasn't arrived by then,
0: then Hunter Green probably is not going to arrive. But he will because he's going to be very healthy all the way. Yes. Um, Okay, so we're going out to the end of the window here, which is a little unfair way to look at it. Right. uh, But the reason I wanted to frame it like that was that there's a core there, especially on the offensive side, that the Reds have to build around. And so uh, when you're looking about building a, a winning team, I, that, to me, says some of the pieces are in place to help them sustain what they began this off season. Does that make sense, the way I'm framing that? Yeah, it does. And, you know, and another another way to
1: look at it, um, if you want, is you take Vado, Suarez, Peraza, Winker, Sinzel, and we'll go ahead and, and for now at least, slot Scott Shevler in there. Okay? That's six out of eight for your lineup. Then you've got Gray, Molly, and Castillo. That's three out of five for your pitching rotation. This is over the next four, three to four years. And the Reds have, um, I believe, this is the technical term, twenty gajillion dollars coming off <laughs> of the books this year.
0: That was that was my thing um, about people complaining because you see people complain about everything, and I complain too sometimes. But complain about the Reds having all these, you know one-year contracts or expiring contracts uh, coming off the books this year. To me, you know, you can sign these guys if, if – I mean, you can try anyway. There's a chance you can sign these guys to extensions. But also, you know, having that money, you still got your core here, and you've still got that money to uh, do the same thing next year. And, you know, I don't think – I think uh, people wanted the Reds to go out and spend $170 million this off this offseason um, – with no regard for who they're acquiring. So it allows them to ha- put a competitive team in place while also looking for the right opportunities. And I think they've done an amazing job of that, and that's probably for another podcast. So um, so I guess let me ask you this again, and I want to get back to the, the Votto window, as you said it, but I'm, I'm kind of framing the long-term view, which, as you kind of insinuated, that's kind of a loser's game to predict anything that's going to happen five years from now. Um Except that you and I are still going to be here doing dumb podcasts, right? Probably. 30 years from now, probably. Uh, Man, I just gave me a headache. Um, (laughs) But but, uh, there is reason to hope that the Reds can be a competitive team in the National League Central for the rest of Joey Votto's contract. Is that me being too. No. Is it too early to say that? No, oh, I think
1: that's reasonable. I think I think if the Reds want to be competitive, and again, you know, barring catastrophe, um, you know, if they've got a stocked farm system still, and if all, for some reason none of those prospects, you know, turn into any, like that kind of stuff, um, then whatever, there could be issues. But, um, yeah, I think as they're currently set up, there's no reason for them to be uncompetitive at any point between now and when Joey Votto retires. Which isn't to say they're going to win 90 games every year. You know, there might be some 81, 82s in there. Um, but they can do, they can do that, you know, and they certainly have the resources. Well,
0: that's kind of my thought is that we're talking about the guys that they already have under contract, and uh, but I think when you look at uh, the fact that the Reds did not trade really any, and they traded a couple, but no yeah. really key prospects that you know. Uh, you, you look at their list. You know, you got Nixon Zell, Hunter Green, Taylor Trammell, Tony Santian, who uh, That's a guy that I think we're, we should have mentioned a moment ago with Maui. Yeah. Um, uh he's going to be around. Jonathan India is still here. Tyler Stevenson, you know, his prospects that is his backup. Yeah, I I I, I'll,
1: I will admit to the fact that I don't I don't think about Tyler Stevenson enough cuz he had those injuries.
0: But he's still so young. He's a catcher yeah. and he can hit. Um, I love the kid Mike Ciani that they drafted this year who uh, was supposed to go to the the University of Virginia. But instead, that he signed for a, a two million dollar bonus over his slot to uh, come play for the Reds, which you know I, I guess I get it. But anyway, uh, even guys like Jose Siri who might or TJ Friedel that might pan out, Aristides Aquino. You got a bunch of guys down there, so a lot of whom are good bets to pan yeah. out, and a lot of whom could pan out. So I think you've got a decent core for the next five years. That's the reason I wanted to look at the the, the, the widest frame possible to begin. And you've yeah. got this core of prospects that they're going to continue to build on. They get another good pick this year, um, and uh, it, it gives me a lot of optimism, especially given the decision making we've seen this off season. That the Reds can can get this right for Votto because I really want to see Votto go out, uh, you know, with a with a team that's uh, commensurate with his talent and with what he's done in Cincinnati. He deserve he deserves a winner. He deserves to win some playoff games. Yes.
1: Yes, he does. I agree completely and wholeheartedly. He deserves everything that that we can give to him.
0: Here's what I want to see. I want to see the Reds win 91 games this year and make it to the National League Championship Series and Votto have a return to form year. If that happens, if he has a year like he had in 2017 and the Reds do that, do you think that it cements him in the minds of a lot of people who have been, I don't know if hostile is the right word, but skeptical of him? During his career, do you think that pulling something like that will uh, leading this team back to the playoffs with an amazing year like that? Do you think that changes people's minds? I would hope so. I mean,
1: uh, if he if he does that, he, he's I think at this point, he's one really good year away from the Hall of Fame. I mean, I would argue that he's that he already belongs in the Hall of Fame. Um but I think one more year. If he put one more year up, then I think that everybody would would pretty much jump jump on board with that. But yeah, if he could get up close to thirty homers again, kind of have the the sort of normal Joey Votto year that we're that we're accustomed to, um, and lead the team to the playoffs, and and hopefully also play well in the playoffs, then uh, I think I think you're right. Yeah.
0: Well, that goes back then to the question of the window. The yeah. window is still open. And using your analysis, we're going to presume for the purposes of this argument that his window is going to extend out for uh, four more years after this one. But when does the – when do the Reds – so we've got that limited amount of time. Yeah. When do the Reds really take that step to where they're taking advantage of that window? You know what I'm saying? Well, now one hopes. But am I just being too optimistic thinking that that's going to be the case? Nah, I don't know. I mean, the, the NL Central is a weird division,
1: as everybody's talked about. it's a bit, I mean, you can almost throw darts, and, and, and your guess about the, the finish of, of that division is going to be as good as anybody in Vegas. I mean, it's a strange division. It's very solid top to bottom. I don't think anybody thinks there's a particular team in the division that's just going to blow the competition away. Um.
0: But yeah. you, could, you could see the Reds having sort of a surprise year like 2010, and you know, come away with the division.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely, I can imagine that. Especially with with the additions they've made. Like if if this team won 90 to 95 games, it would not surprise me one bit.
0: Let's. Oh, I agree. I agree well, absolutely. But let, let's let's uh, assume this now, since we're just sort of in fantasy land in this podcast. Let's say that the Reds win 81 games this year, 500 season. Okay. Which is a possibility. Um, that's a big improvement. Do you think that the Reds need to, quote unquote, go all in next offseason? Yes. In order to take okay. advantage of a, a pretty good core and Joey Votto's closing window? Absolutely
1: no question.
0: Yes. This year, they I think they were in. Yeah. rather than all in. I think that's a good way to put it. I don't know, or I saw that, but I think it's a great way to, to phrase it. They were yeah. in. Um, they didn't do anything dumb. They held on to a lot of capital and a lot of assets yeah, and preserved some flexibility. Um, but next year, they really kind of, I don't see how you get around not just absolutely going nuts next no, offseason. I
1: agree. I mean, this is, and here's, I, I, have, I have very specific feelings and, and thoughts about next year. All right? So you're going to hear them now. Can't wait. So if you think about it, next year, um, I'm going to assume that Tremel graduates because I think I think he needs to
0: from high school. Chadwick. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't.
1: Do I need to give you detention?
0: <laughs> it Wouldn't be the first time, buddy.
1: It would not actually. It, it would it be, but certainly would not. So if Tramel graduates. <clears throat>
0: You got. That's a stretch, though, don't you think? No, I really don't. I mean, talent-wise, yeah, but...
1: I i genuinely do not.
0: He's never played above single A.
1: Yeah, that's a coming. Anyway, you'd have Votto, Suarez, Peraza, Winker, Sinzel, Barnhart, and Trammell would be seven out of eight in your lineup. Um, there's been noise about extending Yasiel Puig, that would presumably take a fair chunk of money, and then you'd also have Scott Scheibler, uh hanging out there as kind of the, the fourth outfielder,
0: uh, marginal third third outfielder. Um, and Maybe then third got, if Sinzel moves back to the infield.
1: Uh, well, if if they if they re-sign Puig, he would still be the fourth outfielder because you have Trammell. Trammell, and, right, uh, right, right, um,
0: you, You've you've assumed that Trammell is going to get his diploma.
1: I listen. I think Tremel can hit, and I don't think there's any doubts about his defense. Um, other than his arm, which whatever that is, what it is,
0: he's going to be so, a. Here's my prediction: He's going to be a mini Votto at the plate.
1: I yeah, I kind of think so too. He's a
0: smart kid. He, yeah. uh And uh, really, uh, sort of passionate about improving, uh, and uh, love that kid. Yeah. But then
1: for your rotation, you've got Gray and Molly and Castillo. So really, I mean, in terms of spending, if Puig – Is up for it, and he he shows something this year. I think you try to extend Puig, and then I think you sign a starting pitcher. Uh, And I mean – and by sign a starting pitcher, I mean Chris Sale.
0: You beat me to it. I was going to interrupt you with Chris Sale.
1: And I I think I've said this on the podcast before, but you just slide a piece of paper over, and you tell him to write down what he thinks is fair, and then you give him
0: that contract. If they sign Chris Sale – we're going to uh, have a video podcast of you and I doing the uh, the Eugenio Suarez salsa dance. Sounds good to me. <laughs> or we will have a live podcast in Cincinnati where we'll have to do the, the salsa dance. No, I mean, really, can you imagine that? Because the Reds have some depth pitching wise. I think they will have some. Add that guy to the mix. And you know, Alex Woods having back issues. This is not good. But what if the you know what if he does demonstrate but throughout the year that he's uh, going to be healthy, but uh, the back issues depress his uh, market a little bit, along with what well, his free agent Mark's doing. I'm, you know, He's a with, younger guy that you could see coming back, too. With the weirdness of free
1: agents and all that, I, you could see Wood coming back. Yeah, it's who not hard to imagine Rourke coming back. We well, haven't even talked about Anthony DiSclafani, who seems to be healthy this year so far, knock on wood.
0: We call him disco around these parts. Yeah. Yes, we do. It's cat. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you roll your eyes at me. I can't see you, but sometimes you roll your eyes at me, don't you? I, it's been known to happen. I'm offended. So anyway,
1: the point is that if the Reds want to make a splash, and good, I'm glad you're offended. If the Reds want to make a splash and sign a couple of big names, then they
0: have the depth to do it. They have the depth to do it. They have the money to do it. And they've also got the prospect capital to go out and trade for big names.
1: They do. Yeah, I, you know, who knows if, if the Mets implode and uh, Jacob deGrom genuinely become, get, goes on the market.
0: Nah, I don't like his hair. Huh? I don't like his hair. Well, I don't care about his hair. No pitcher with goofy hair has ever been a good pitcher for the Reds. <laughs> oh, except for maybe my favorite pitcher ever for the Reds. Good old Johnny Cueto. Oh, uh, Johnny Cueto. Um, so,
1: yeah, so there are guys who could be available. Um and there's no reason for the Reds to not go after them. Yeah. I mean, you know, we'll we'll see what we see. But the Reds kind of did what they had to do this year and you know, one of the nice things is it does give the farm system like another year to mature. Mm-hmm. Um so they can see who do they have, who do they not have, where are they gonna need to fill gaps, where do they not need to fill gaps, and then spend that money.
0: Yeah. I think it's a really and they've gotten some, some public, uh, publicity for this, but I think it's sort of a brilliant maneuver in some ways, is that they kind of kicked the rebuild a can down the road while yeah. masking it by put by spending some money and putting a competitive team on the field. And I think it's really a, a brilliant way to mask that the rebuild is going to take a, even a year longer than uh, they promised us. So really two, three years longer, uh, as it turns out, but... But it, it, it brings some talent into the organization. And, you know, in a guy like Sonny Gray, some talent is going to be around a while. And uh, I don't know. I just I just think it's a – if you can't do it all at once, this is a good way to approach it. So Yeah. Um, yeah. I think – I mean, my – my
1: I really think that the Reds are going to be competitive. I, are they going to win the division this year? I have no idea. But I don't know who's going to win the Central this year.
0: Yeah, but I, you don't know that they're not going to win the division. And to right, me, that's yeah, the biggest thing. That
1: the
0: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing but, to me.
1: In in 2020, they better come ready.
0: Well, yeah, that's got to be the year that I want to hear someone, Dick Williams, Nick crawl someone say, "We're all in." I want to hear those words. Yes, because they've got to be, and and I think that's going to coincide, hopefully, with a rebound from Joey Votto, and so they'll oh. have a, uh, you know, they'll have an expectation that he's going to continue to be good the following year. And uh, man, the day that guy retires. We're going to, have to be at the park that day, Jace. Oh, I will be there. Yeah, but uh, but I don't think you're I don't think you're crazy to say that he's at least got. I mean, I think at least three more years of being a solidly above average hitter, and possibly as many as five. Um, yeah, because he has what what you call, we've always called old people skills. He's always yeah. had those. Those age well, getting on base, you know. Uh, the power is going to go. At some point, but he's still gonna be a good doubles guy probably for the length of his contract. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's he's Joey Votto and he's special. He is the greatest hitter in Cincinnati Reds history.
0: See now you're being
1: silly. Wait, wait, here. Can I can I preempt the souls? No. Just give me just give me I just want I want one opportunity to rephrase. Okay, let's hear it. Joey Votto is the greatest offensive player in Cincinnati Reds history. Because if I just say hitter, we all know what's going to happen.
0: He ain't got 4,200
1: hits. Yeah.
0: I was actually going to say Wayne Krenchicki.
1: Well, I do know
0: of your affection for for Wayne Krenchicki. Rest in peace. I can't talk bad about Wayne Krenchicki anymore. No. Uh, (laughs) He ruined all my fun. When, yeah. I was, when I was nine years old or eight years I guess I was eight years old yeah um but we don't need to recap that story you all have heard it a million times so I don't know I, I think the Reds are very I, I think I guess ultimately we're talking about the vado window and it does appear to me and I don't know that I would have said this 18 months ago I certainly wouldn't have said it in May of this past year when they had done everything wrong from losing all like all the games and not calling up Nixon Zell. But at this point, I can say they seem to me to be very well positioned to take advantage of the Vado window, whatever that is, however long it is, three to five years. Yeah. Can't ask for a whole lot more, can we?
1: No, you really cannot. Man. I think they're ready to go, and I think
0: I think it is time. We're happy about the Reds again. God. It's amazing, isn't it? Somebody, uh, somebody tweeted at me or emailed or something, and said they went back and listened to some some of the podcasts from like early last year and then oh lord the year before, and they said it's kind of at this point, given how optimistic we are, it's kind of a little funny in retrospect, uh, but boy, at the time it didn't seem fun, did it? I mean,
1: that was miserable. That might be the least happy I've ever been as a baseball fan.
0: I really tend to believe the fact that you and I were writing about how miserable we were and talking about it here on the podcast, and, and I really am going to go to my grave believing. And I'm delusional, so I believe a lot of things, but this is one I'm going to believe is that the fact that the Reds realized they lost Chad Dotson and Jason Linden, the two guys who were most willing to you know be optimistic and uh, and see the sunny side, when they lost us, they knew it was time that something had to change and the truth of the matter is they turned uh, on a dime they did a 180 this offseason oh, as an organization
1: I mean, I mean, this offseason is is just the general behavior and, and sort of the, the sabermetric mindedness of the moves uh, it, it it was it was beautiful
0: and you know i've talked to dick williams and uh, uh, and so, and, and I truly believed, and I defended him. I said, this is a guy that really does have a clue. He really does understand analytics, and he's open to it. But he wasn't giving me much to work with. And yeah. something changed. The switch flipped, and, and I feel like I've been justified in my defense of him and, and Nick Kroll and that bunch. Um, because it looks to me like they had a chance to make more decisions on their own this year because things changed so drastically in just a, a matter of you know a few months. Do you think they were just sort of given? Okay, let let the let the nerds take over.
1: Yeah, no, nah, I, mean, I do. I think it was a. Here you go, go for it, fix yeah. it.
0: And it's a good thing because it's Dick Williams' job that's on the line. I guess technically, Nick crawl those guys. I mean, you know, if 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 they fail, it's on them. So, and what was they were doing before wasn't working. So,
1: no, 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 e- 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 no, Giovanni Gallardo.
0: This was less than a year ago, Jason. <laughs> I know. Giovanni gallardo uh uh what's the guy's name uh who was the infielder see I forgot uh,
1: there were two of them no we're Phil. not
0: gonna we're not gonna mention Phil gosselin even though and, I just mentioned him and cliff Pennington cliff Pennington this was this was their answer when Suarez got hurt cliff Pennington yeah who's, who's a nice enough guy I'm sure his uh, his mom loves him and you know I mean I don't have any issues with the guy he played hard when he was here But, come on. Phil Goslin went to the University of Virginia at Charlottesville, and never shall a bad word be said about him here. Um, Because it's March, and there's plenty of reasons to criticize the University of Virginia in March. But uh, we're not going to do that. Um, You going to be watching some March Madness, Jason? Uh, No. The only sports ball I
1: follow is baseball sports ball.
0: Well, baseball is uh, about to be a whole lot more fun for you than it has been. It in it
1: years. is better, yeah. It, it really needs to be.
0: <laughs> if not, I can't guarantee our mental health is gonna. No. It's already wavering a little bit in my case. So, all right, here we go. I've made my projection: ninety-one wins. All right. If you had to put uh, bet the ranch, if you're putting money down, if you were putting the ranch at risk here, it's yeah, more fun if I don't bet the ranch. <laughs> no, bet the ranch on how many wins do you think the Reds are going to get? You got a gun to your head, man. You've got to predict it. 87. It's a weird criminal is putting a gun to your head over something like this. Yes. 87. 87 wins. I sign up for that right now. They may not be, make the wild card game at 87 wins, but they might. Yeah. They're right, in the, they're right in the race anyway, all the way to the end. Man, I love it. I love it. All right. To play meaningful baseball in September. Or, dare we hope, October. Ah, now you're talking my language, Jason Linden. So, uh, the Votto window. What's your final thoughts on the Votto window? Um, Well,
1: I think that, you know, what we've seen as as we've talked through this is that the Reds are equipped to be competitive if they want to be competitive all the way through the end of... um, Wherever that window ends. Or all the way through the end of his contract, yeah. I think I don't think there's a reason for them to be uncompetitive, barring again, barring some sort of catastrophe. Yeah. Uh, this looks to be a good, a, a solid to to good, perhaps even very good team for the next four or five years. It's, again, assuming the Reds continue to devote resources where necessary and and all that, all the caveats that go with talking about baseball four or five years from now. But this looks like a team that's set up to be pretty good for a while.
0: And it's probably fair to say that you have to uh, say that the thumbs up to the rebuild that it worked. A lot of missteps early, and it did not work the way anyone hoped or expected. But uh, you know, the Reds are poised to be a quality major league organization for a few years now, and that was kind of the goal of the rebuild, right? So that was the goal, yes. So they've got a deep farm system. Um, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, Jason, uh, this has been fun. We are, as, as we said earlier, we're sort of playing around with the format on these. Uh, patreon exclusive podcasts if you have uh requests or suggestions or whatever just send them to us either uh, under this post at patreon or you can tweet us at dots and c at uh jason linden or at red leg radio on uh, on the twitter box uh although if you're not on twitter you're really a smart person in my book that is just yeah. the, the worst website um, yes there's a reason it's free because that's what it's worth Anyway, I don't have to tell you all to subscribe or uh, leave ratings and reviews. Uh, you know, you guys are our core supporters. You guys are uh, really the the inner circle, and I, I I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your willingness to support the podcast uh, every single month and to listen. You know, and uh, we talk about the, supporting us at Patreon, but just listening. A lot of you are long-time listeners uh, to the show, and we have a good time with it every week. And the fact that people listen to us has kept us going. And uh, we've talked about some fun things that we're hoping to do over the next little bit because the response on Patreon has been so good. We're going to do some fun stuff for you guys. So uh, more on that as we go forward. Let us know what your your thoughts are about how to format these uh, exclusive podcasts. and uh, And we'll try to be responsive to that because we're doing it doing it for you guys Jason uh, any final thoughts uh, as we end this one
1: uh no except go Reds baseball is right around the corner opening day is less than three weeks away
0: we always say baseball so supposed to be fun don't we
1: yes I think it's gonna be fun again I think it's gonna be fun it's terribly exciting
0: for Jason Linden and the immortal Joey Votto this is Chad Dotson saying so long everyone